0: So I had a yellow and green. We didn't have a then along
1: come Welcome to the Along Come Norwich Podcast, where we dare to digest the details of Norwich City supporters' dreams before Derby Day. I'm joined as ever by John. Hello. Hello. Lorny. Hello. And this week's special guest is Pink and Show and Archant Tower's heartthrob, Michael Bailey. (laughs) Oh dear, hello. The agenda for this ramble is simple. Another couple of solid performances and results to review. The regular listeners' questions and quiz are coming up to enjoy. But it's all in the context of looking ahead to a sizeable fixture approaching next weekend. Yes, we are a mere 63 hours from kick-off in the latest instalment between our beloved Canaries and the shit from down the road. Michael, esteemed journalist and football pundit that you are please kick us off by telling us exactly what's going to happen on
0: Sunday. It's going to be a football match, 90 minutes plus added time. Uh, lots of fingernail biting, that's always fun. Do you think it will be close enough to have any fingernail No, biting? but it's a derby, so everyone bites their fingernails. Okay. I they can be the worst games in football history, but it doesn't matter because everyone's really tense before they happen. I was going to say that, do you think with Mick McCarthy it'll be a football match? <laughs> well,
2: for us, let's, let's be fair. We <laughs> <laughs> play football. Who do you time. think you are, me? Yeah.
0: There'll be attempts. Even even by Ipswich. Let's let's not forget this is the season they've remodeled the way they play, and well, that's what happened in October anyway. Uh, do you want any more?
1: Well, that's <laughs> yeah. that's a good um, talking around the subject to, to dig yeah. into some specifics. One of the uh, obviously we're separated by five goals at the moment, but they have scored twelve more than us this season, and I I was going back to try and find. A stat of, of how long, but I, when I had to go back so many seasons. I gave up in the end. It's been many many years since we <laughs> they've been scoring more than us. Um, so it's been long been a, a bone of contention for me that we don't score enough goals and the kind of chances we create are all from too far out. Where are the goals going to come from for us on on Sunday, John? Do you think that's the case, though, that we're not creating the chances anymore? Not the right what? kind of chances for me. They're all too far out, and they're all they straight crosses, to the keeper. Yeah,
3: yeah, you, you want, just want slung and aimless crosses, that's what he wants. <laughs> you want. And you, Kyle be- Lafferty on the end of
1: <laughs> you, you, You've injected, you, you, you have injected uh, aimless. Uh, I, I would like quality <laughs> delivery. Speaking of aimless, is Pinto going to be back this Sunday?
2: I think he will come back, and I think purely for his height. Because it's Ipswich, and they're well, going to launch it. Because of his uh, hairstyle. No, he's yeah, taller he than Harrison Reid,
0: isn't he? Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, that's not too difficult. No, but that's, that's the toddlers. only reason not you're going to bring him back, I would say. I think he'll... I think he uh, Harrison Reid has done brilliantly, but he's only ever a makeshift right back. And he. it's nice to be nice about him while he's playing in the role, because he has to play in the role, but he's still been caught out of position a few times, and quite clearly, as much as the Evo chop frustrates and has become a running joke in the um, uh, press corps uh, if he's fit you play him and he was on the bench on Saturday so I'd assume he'll play
2: how's Harrison Reed look better right back than he has no. central midfield no it's just so. more goodwill yeah. There's just I, more goodwill. About I, th- I more.
1: think there has been uh, occasions during the season when he, he, I think he's had more of his central midfield performances when we have been on the end of defeats and not played so well um. so I don't I don't think there's been many occasions where during the bad run that 10-11 game run a couple of months ago I don't remember us sitting around the table and bemoaning oh if only Harrison Reed was a bit better in centre midfield like that you know yes we missed Teddy of course when he's not there but I don't think that was ever his fault but back to my original question because I, I, it's the, one, the only thing that concerns me
3: is, is scoring goals we but cannot just due. keep relying on James Madison to bail us out I think we're due and I think Nelson's due and it would be the perfect time to do it in the derby but Nelson alright he's got loads of pelters for the penalty and all the rest of it but he looks like a man who is playing his way back into form and he's just a scuff off the arse or you know a lucky goal away from potentially going on a run he's working really hard his attitude looks like it's back to where it was last season and what about you Andy? I
2: agree with John actually for the first well, time in a while I think there are goals in the team. I think, unlike uh, yourself, I think we're creating better quality chances, just less of them. I think we're we're creating more and more
3: better chances, though, as the football starts to embed. Certainly, that was the impression I got at the
2: weekend. Yeah, definitely. I think we're creating more chances as the season goes on. Mm -hmm. I think we're creating less chances than we created last season, but I think the chances we're creating are better chances. We're just not taking enough. Okay so Michael
1: cumulatively you've watched the most Norwich City minutes in this room by some distance. Do you agree with that? You think that this is the is the if we're looking at a graph of Norwich City quality of chances,
0: do you think that it's a nice pretty curve going upwards? Um n- not necessarily. I thought uh which was the last home game? You have to excuse me for um, uh that was when we wasn't won one Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, they were relying on shooting from outside the box more than they'd done in, in weeks before. And, and that's great in a way because you want them to take the shots, but you need to mix them up with chances where you know, there's a higher chance of, of, of uh, turning it into a goal. That said, of course, Tom Scribble's shot goes in and, hey, they've scored from outside the box and they've won 1-0. That's great. And that's happened more than a few times. I thought at Derby they did create plenty of chances and had Matai Vidra been playing up front for Norwich, Norwich would have won by a couple of goals. Mm-hmm because he's on bang on form you can say the, see the way he took that goal didn't even give it a second thought nelson oliveira you can see the cog's whirring and, and the the fear of what could happen and he's obviously trying to shake that but because of the confidence he's in he can't i actually think sunday's made for nelson oliveira one way or another you know it could could you be, think he will be the storyline moment to get sent another. off or he's going to bag a couple of goals i think i think we there was no um, resolution to what he said before the derby back in October. And maybe it's the journo in me, but I can just see those headlines and the narrative and everything blaring at me ahead of Sunday. He'll play, he'll start, and he's either going to kick someone or he's going to score a couple of goals. I hope he does both. Um, does, <laughs>
1: is, is there that oh, scores a couple of goals and then gets
0: sent off when yeah, the game's all, already yeah. beyond on them? Um,
1: so do you think that there's enough competition um, with, with, with Benny? Um, as Dan O'Hagan said, we need to put a C in Scrubini. when we're pronouncing it, apparently. Screw um, Apparently that's what Mr O'Hagan Scribini. German boy says. But if we, um, do we think that with basically only him breathing down um, Nelson's neck, do you think that that, do you think they brought in someone um, almost less senior to put less pressure on on Nelson to try and help him get a form or, or is that from the Andrew Lawn school of overthinking man management too much?
2: I think it's also disregarding the wages which is why we brought Scriveni in and got Jerome out was a cost cutting measure wasn't it Uh, you can't I don't think you can say enough about Scriveni yet because we haven't seen seen him for five minutes
1: do you you feel that it's do you feel that it's going to have helped the confidence of Nelson perhaps feeling like well okay well at least now this is clearly I've got to go really wrong before like the young unblooded guy is going to come in I think he knew
2: he was the main man long before now I don't think that that's it I think this go back to the same argument we've had a few times where I think Watkins and Hernandez now and Murphy are all considered options. Well, Murphy is
3: playing as a striker effectively now, isn't he? It's virtually two up front with Mm. Madison in behind. So everyone's saying banging on saying we should put two up front. Well, we are. Okay, so
1: another masterclass from Madison. Um, Nearly everything that was good in the second half of the weekend seemed to go through him for a change. Um, and one of the things that uh, I, I've been picking up on so on the last podcast our um, guest Mr O'Hagan was saying that he's been um, at some of the games that he's been covering away from Norwich people like Paul Parker and other co-coms have been saying to him oh actually I caught a bit of Norwich the other day who's that young lad James Madison etc he's clearly uh, if you look at Twitter and um, Saturday Night was, was interesting the amount of, he's net like, you know, one of the things we tweeted from the Longcom Come Knowledge account was, you know, our shit housing tour of the, of, the, of, of the championship continues on the way these away games. Yeah. But similarly, Madison's kind of uh, building up that army of opposition fans who really dislike him. And I must say, I love it. I absolutely love it. Isn't it great to have an anti-hero, sort of a, a villain to, to, to what other people yeah. think? Because we see him all the time and he doesn't dive. And yet, because he's getting decisions and putting away
3: these free kicks, etc., he, he's getting on the backs of, of opposition supporters. He went over easy, though, for the first one, didn't he? The first penalty I thought it was a pen. Yeah. If you go for that contact in the box, but he has gone over easy. That You know, you could say it's simulation. Um, but the, the lad's brilliant, and everyone hating him is even better. I mean, I love when it. was the last time we had a player like that? Probably, well, Gruntholt and then Craig Bellamy before him, you know, where fans genuinely despise him. Yeah. It's great.
1: Okay, so going back to um, the, the games before, so we covered Derby. Um, in the Borough game, I actually thought that we looked fairly comfortable before the sending off. Um, we were worried that, you know, it was going to be really, really awful and nutritional. Um I, I was, I, you know, and you, you made the point, Michael, about uh, having... Too many pot shots. That was what got my eye in, in that home game. Just that we were too many of our shots were weak straight at the goalkeeper because we'd run out of ideas, so it felt like well we'll just last resort, we'll just have to shoot. So whilst we created loads of chances on paper being at the game, very few times I was on the edge of my seat thinking, Oh, I'm about to stand up and celebrate a goal here.
2: I'd caveat that with we were playing at <coughs> Tony Puller's side down to ten men away from home. And they we were always gonna have two banks just sitting in that 18-yard box. Like, it was always going to be tough to break down, and I, I agree that we were like, resorting to long shots, but there wasn't a lot else
0: on. And they weren't working space to take... Not, I mean The thing about Tom Tribble's show, he took it quite early, but he, he had a proper sight of goal. Mm. Um, so it's not... I'm sure it's part of the plan, that it's something that they want to do. It's just the mixing it up I maybe had an issue with that they didn't then create much closer in either. I thought Middlesbrough were awful. Mm. Really awful for it... You know, it may reminiscent of Norwich away from home last season. <laughs> yeah. and possibly by the same token, in the same position, Derby as well. I mean, I'm, I'm not no, not surprised at all they lost to Hillsborough in midweek. Yeah, and they were second in the table before. Yeah, well, honest. I
1: actually I actually was speaking to a Derby fan uh, a family do uh, a couple of weeks. So I think it was the Friday night before the Borough game actually, um, and he he was saying that actually he thinks it's a bit of a false position. And they they are taking their chances, but they're not creating many. But they are actually being ruthless in front of goal. Um, he didn't have very many nice things to say about Chris Martin either. Oh which come is, on! This shame oh, because obviously oh, I, I was saying oh good old good old Waveney Borough Council ban ban boy. I saw a um, thing <laughs> recently.
2: Um, it's just before the Derby game actually, where uh, someone mentioned that Derby had a lot of former Norwich players, and our, like, this Derby fan asked his fellow Derby fans to rate. The former Norwich players they've got in terms of how well they've done for them, and Chris Martin came top of everyone's thing. Cumulatively, he probably
1: would do though wouldn't he? In terms all of up, his der- yeah. Derby career,
2: well, it's Chris Martin, then Jason Shackel, mm. then Bradley Johnson, Cam, and then uh, Jacob Butterfield. Yeah,
1: Jason Shackle's probably done a lot better at most of the clubs he's played at than Norwich, really.
2: Well, I thought he did alright second time
1: around here. Yeah, but I th- I th- he—I w- don't—he wasn't like first choice, like solidly, was it? He? he was always in and out, even second time. We're getting slightly um, off, yeah, off topic, we're really which we're going off really off on a to tangent. Do. So, OK, we've got the scum on, on, on Sunday. Um, I've already mentioned I'm a little bit worried about, about scoring goals. However, I don't actually feel anything like as nervous this time around as before the previous Derby game. Um, we're on a fantastic you know, one loss in 10, fantastic run of form. Um, and I'm always you know far more comfortable with them coming to us. We said before, on this podcast, before the, the original derby, that we would take a draw. That that was what our kind of consensus was. I personally feel a lot more bullish this time round. I, I, I think that anything less than a win would, would
3: be a bit of a disappointment. What do you guys think? I think I'd always take a draw going into derby day. And what's it, 2009, since we last lost to them? we don't know what it feels like anymore do we I, I genuinely cannot remember losing a derby and what that feels like in the pit of your stomach just remember so like what it was me. like when they score a goal when they last
1: just last season when they which, when they scored that goal at Road, just you just think yeah, well, it's ridiculous you still you
3: took knew. a lead you still kind of <laughs> knew though that we had enough in us um but if they went and fluked it and oh, just it'd be shit so now i take a draw here and now fine
2: Lorny uh, similar to john i always take a draw I think Derby Day is one of those interesting ones where you really, really look forward to it up until about now. So mm. we're recording this Thursday evening, and it's about now you start to dread it, and yeah. you don't want it to. Come you start to think, all. you just start to think
1: how bad it would be if it went the opposite way. Because I mean, you have to say they must that they are dubious. you mentioned scuff of the arse yeah. for, for Nelson. They are They're due, due. A, a, An unlucky red card, and a, a, you know a dubious penalty, a, a, another gun mishap. You know, ball rolling. Don't say that, mate. No, but, no but, the, but, but the more we say it, the less likely it is yeah. to happen. <laughs> when, when have I ever predicted anything correctly? Yeah, uh, so I should just <laughs> keep saying they're bound to win. But do you know what I mean? Like, if any if any team is due a run of a run of lucky things to happen, it's surely this, isn't it, Mike?
0: Yeah, and that's uh, you look at it dispassionately um, this, this in terms of building up to the game. Then I do feel like you guys feel much more confident in this one ahead of, of the last one. But it is that. You know, what if someone catches Nelson and he turns around and lamps them 10 minutes in and all of a sudden you got the, you can not you can never tell what's going to happen as once the game kicks off and the dynamics from there. I mean, Mick must, in terms of an Ipswich manager having not beaten Norwich in eight attempts, is it? I mean, he, well, he's not got much hair left, but you think he'd be pulling it out and Christ knows what goes through his head, you know, ahead of a derby because he knows that the same questions are going to go, come up and he's got his own Ipswich issues to deal with there, so... But leading up to it, I do feel really confident, and that there's no denying the momentum Norwich have. It's so it's been so stark all week, and I feel that like it's been said a lot as well. The two teams are you know basically level, Ipswich are slightly ahead. Yet the actual mood around the two clubs yeah. is so different. So yeah, what do you think about? Um, do you think that he really needs a, a very positive result tomorrow in order to still be there next season? Who Mick? Yeah, I don't know if he still wants to be there this season. I know we had Steve Foley on the Pinken Show on Wednesday night, and he's like, I don't even think Mick knows. Yeah, so. I, we, we were all convinced, speaking to Stuart Watson uh, down at the East Anglia Daily Times, when we spoke to him ahead of the first derby, he was like, No, he's, he's, this will be it. We're pretty sure this will be it. And then a couple of weeks ago, he's like, Well, you know, don't write me off yet. Yeah. Barnsley haven't rung, yeah, exactly. so you know, oh, yeah. if I have to. Uh, it's bizarre. And, and you, I think you sense with a lot of Norwich fans, they really respect the jobs Mick has done
1: there. Do you think and, he's the least dickhead of a manager they've had in, in recent living
0: memory? I don't know. Well, I don't know he about turns, that. He, he can turns, be a
1: dick. Yeah, but he turns. But compared to Burley, Jilton and all that, love, yeah, I really like him. Actually, I, 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 I think that he's. I think he's, he's bellend, like but he's he's like a likable Bellend, like yeah. like like him, like um in the um, uh, the semi final, uh, where he's um, shouting at who know how he's caught oh, yeah. on Sky cameras, mouth, mouthing <laughs> off to where's Earland. I just think fair play because that's what you should be like, you know, like totally no hot, no holds barred. I think the same about Neil Warnock.
0: I really like yeah, him. I, I, you I,
1: wouldn't I, want him you wouldn't want him anywhere near your club
0: but you know right, but I like him yeah. he's the only manager who's ever rung me back Neil Monarch. I have got a lot of time for Neil Monarch. I think he's got class <laughs> really? apart from when he's calling people sewer rats whatever, <laughs> and stuff. but it's been But it's been It's been said that he's always really fancied the Norwich
1: job Colin Manker, like he, he, you know, whenever it's come up, he's always he's always said nice things on talk radio when, yeah,
0: when he's been on there and stuff. But he's just
3: not a fit for Norwich, is
1: he? Of just? course, he's not. nowhere near. He, he yeah, went yeah, for the he went for the job. Yeah, it, yeah, um, but yeah, but I've, I've heard a few times that there's been he's more, on more than one occasion he's been pushing to you know try and get me in the door there. That would not be a marriage made in heaven.
2: So okay, star performer. Um, just your, quickly on oh, Mick. Okay, on. Sorry, one quick thing on Mick McCarthy. So I've done a preview for Long Come Knowledge with an Ipswich fan that will be out at the same time as this, actually, tomorrow. And in it, I said to him that I thought it was quite an interesting dilemma at the moment because Mick McCarthy will keep them in the championship every season. We'll just keep keep them in the championship. Tiny budget, but at the cost of really dour football. And uh, the guy that I did it with, Gavin Barber, said that they've got season ticket renewals coming up. And it's a real, like, stick or twist. Do we stick with Mick? and achieve mid-table championship every season? Or do we sack him at the risk that a new man coming in probably won't do as good a job as Mick has done in the circumstances that Mick is doing it? And therefore, do they take a relegation like we had in the idea of then starting again, basically, and having a blank slate? And he said that he would actually get rid of Mick if they continue to play this Dow football.
1: With what was it twelve thousand fans as well at the weekend yeah, like, really taken
2: a risk there's a brilliant tweet from a guy um the nipswich fan who said that he had been taking his son his son was eight or nine absolutely loves football watches it Every game that's on TV, I watch it. Just plays FIFA. Always out playing football. Took him to the Burton game last week, and on the way home, said, "Dad, I don't want to watch them anymore." Yeah, I saw that, <laughs> and, it's, and it is sad, you
1: know. It's like for them, <laughs> it's funny um, sad. Yeah, I know. But it's funny because it's scum. But it's like I said the other day um, about about feeling bad for Sunderland and, and you know clubs like that who you just think now there's some decent fans there, some decent people who yeah. you know are us but for you know, even sillier accents and different coloured you know shirts. Um, and you know that they have their enjoyment of football ruined by by stuff out of their control. The the, the whole stick or twist thing with having such low gates like that. If it goes if if they if they twist and it doesn't start well, then you're then looking at really really bad attendances, and that's the only way they can make any money, isn't it? It's not an attractive shirt to buy. So look into your crystal balls. Sunday's star performer, John. Who's it going to be? Who will be raving about? For
3: Norwich. Mm only be Madison can't it it can only be Madison
1: can we rely on it being him yet again or Oliveira, but he's,
3: obviously. yeah and I, and I said about it before Oliveira is due and I think he could come to the fore at the derby as, as you thought Michael but Madison is just ridiculously consistent this season so no I think he'll do it again
2: Lordy given the switch I think the key man will be Grant Hanley but whether or not that equates into a star performance but I think he'll be most important even more important than Gunn? going down the same route of thinking. Yeah, because I don't think they'll get to gun often enough if Grant Hanley does his job. Okay. And it's Hanley, isn't it, who's the enforcer in that back three. Zimmerman, maybe second, but Closer doesn't really fancy that. I think consistency-wise, <laughs> I think that,
1: um, picking up on John's point, I think Hanley has likewise been, he's not the best defender in the, in the league um, by, by a long stretch, but he, he does what he does well all the time. He'll get something on it. He'll get his head on it. He'll get his foot on it. He'll get to the, he'll get to the back of the man relatively quickly. Doesn't tend to give away clumsy free kicks on the edge of the box, as some people some people closer does that a fair bit. Um, it's, that is that is a real strength of his for someone who is a, an old-fashioned stopper. He isn't clumsy, so it, it could well be him. No, they they are a lovely
0: combination. They play off each other so well. Mm. They all bring different facets to it, and it, it it sort of brought the best out of each of them. So we see. Uh, handy taking the scruff of things. You see Zimmerman being able to um, to break forward and, and be robust. And you see Tim Closer playing as a left winger. They all get to do the bits that they want to do whilst not really over-committing themselves. So it's a lovely combination that they found and, and actually keeping those three fit and together. I think it's going to be crucial for the rest mm-hmm. of the season. Uh, I've said my piece on Nelson, but I guess M- Maurice Lightner... A player who, in no by no stretch of the imagination, should be playing in the championship. As far as I'm concerned, I know it's only been one start and what two substitute appearances, but it doesn't take long to figure it out. As far as I'm concerned, he looked slightly lost early on against Derby, but as soon as Norwich got to grips with everything, just again, it was just it clicked in. The guy didn't really give the ball away. He's always playing into players into better positions and each of Norwich's best opportunities came from his foot, his foot first so I think um, at Carrow Road if Ipswich um, give him a little bit of space and, and you know, there might be a possibility that there'll, there'll be a man down in the middle there, we'll have to see how Mick plays it but yeah I think uh, he's a joy to watch. I think. I know that. I've seen some tweets from people going, "Oh, Morris Lightner. He, he looks quite good. Yeah, if, you know, it might be that Norwich might fancy keeping hold of him if he keeps playing like this." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. You never know. He might stay a bit longer. But to have him for this period, I think, is
1: great." It's, yeah. going, it's going to be an extended, but it's a it's an even increased version of uh, Mitchell Dykes, really, isn't it? From from last season. Okay. You know, but no. No, 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 my he's point. A class my point. Dykes, my point but, no, I know. That's why I say it's yeah. there's an increased version of it. Ie, someone who we go, oh, he's really good. Wouldn't it be nice to have him? Yeah. What he's done is he's he's come and proven that actually he's he's really quite a
2: decent footballer when he's given a run in the team. And that and, thing Stuart Weber said about him, and that he's only here because Farker is here, and it's that relationship that he's got with Farker already that means that he's mm-hmm. here. I think. Is is really positive because if Leitner doesn't come back, Farker will have come across so many players at Dortmund, and he seems to have a really good relationship with, with his players. It also
1: might also that might help in the recruitment of those who have heard things about Farker but haven't interacted with him. Where the, where if if for example this like was in April May we're talking about this Leitner loan move being a massive success and you know miss out on the playoffs narrowly but play some great football between now and then and score some great goals. And then that may well be used by Weber and Farker as a bargaining tool for, look, we've actually had some pretty decent level footballers come over here and we've managed to integrate them into the way we're playing over here. So you're a couple of rungs down from Leitner, come over full time sort of thing. I've written it in my
0: column for tomorrow's paper that Leitner is effectively the sign, the loan signing that is the, the first point at which I've looked at next season and gone, now maybe it's not going to be this crap championship mediocrity with no money and selling all the silver because they you know, it's it's a decent sign of the recruitment they can bring in, and that you know maybe the sites don't have to be so low automatically. Um, and of course, I mean, I, I would say with with Mitchell, he came in, made a real impact, and then I thought he really tailed Tail off. off yeah. and by the end of it, you're like, well, I think he got bored as the as the, yeah. as as, as play, the playoffs drifted away, yeah. and you know, and
1: we ended up to what ten points drift.
0: That might happen with Mo. You, you just you know you don't know. It is still early days, and the, the level of form might not continue. Uh, but I don't think his class will will dissipate and likewise it was quite telling I think how quickly Farker threw him in he was the first one that he stuck on as a sub at Brentford away when they were 1-0 up and you've already got James Madison and, and Leitner um, switching and rotating between the holding role and playing in the number 10 that is brilliant to watch and they will only get better at that there were teething troubles at Derby but as the game wore on especially in the second half it just clicked Yeah, they're two such good players so that's exciting that's going to be exciting on Sunday definitely
1: the, a little bit of talk that I heard from, from literally it was one of those first, apparently first training session the, the rest of the, the boys in the squad were immediately sat up and, and were like oh okay because apparently he was doing no look passes immediately and going for nuts all the time, and didn't necessarily come across as a particularly humble individual. But but effectively made a point from that very first ball session, "Hi everyone, I've come to play, and I'm quite handy." Um, and apparently that actually—that's what you do, isn't it, Tom? Uh, that's what I try to do in between falling over. Yeah. So yeah, I I I only I only saw him in 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 the flesh. At the Borough game and was already singing his praises because yeah, he, he just looked absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm going to go for Scrobeni. I'm going to go for something happening with Nelson. I agree that I, I, I'm erring on the side of it being catastrophe and then eventually it's some kind of Mark Libra style. Scrobeni comes on, runs straight up to the corner, nods it in and then nicks a second one to, to, to give us a win. So I like to be slightly on the outside fence and then that's what I'm going for. Um, okay, so looking ahead... Yes, we've got Wolves straight ahead. However, after that, and I don't know how far ahead you guys have looked, we've actually Didn't got... Didn't know we had Wolves. Pardon? Didn't know we had Wolves. Really? That's well, midweek. Mate. Okay, so... I go as far as Ipswich. Okay, so our, <laughs> after Ipswich, because funnily enough, whilst there are actually only three points up for grabs there, after that, we've got uh, Bolton, Forest, Hull, Reading, Fulham, QPR. That is six of the current bottom nine. So... Irrelevant of what happens against the scum, draw or better, basically. Yeah. If we are still on one defeat in eleven, it will then be. Um, that's actually a very, very tasty run of fixtures potentially. Um, for for us to, if we can continue that form. So my question to to you guys, I'll start with you, Lorne. Um, do you think actually, bearing in mind that run takes us up to the start of April, could we be in playoff contention? And if we are, do you think that might come a bit too early for this squad, this recruitment cycle?
2: I think we could, but I think I'd be happy after Sunday to write this season off as a preparation for next season, have a real go next season. That said, obviously the playoffs are exciting and you want to win every week. So, yeah, I think we could be in contention, but it's what we need, two points a game average from now on to get anywhere close to I'm not
3: even sure that'll be enough to be honest
1: with you. I I don't know because because you look at teams like Derby there are always two or three that implode and there are always two or three that haven't really been in the picture consistently and and make a bit of esteem for it and aside from Wolves the
3: consistency at the top is very very poor. There's a lot of teams on a fair amount of points already and I guess that's the thing is that if you said two points a game from here to the end of the season what are we on 31 games, 31 games 44 points that's 74 points two points a game traditionally that's close but that's not usually enough to get in the playoffs so I if I think if we go on a fantastic run I still don't think we'll do it but I think Norwich are too inconsistent to go on a fantastic run again where it's going to be two points a, a game average so now I think right this season off just prepare for next
2: that said i I don't think it would be I don't think there's a thing if it can come too soon because yeah, I agree. think with weber i uh, i I just implicitly trust him from what he's the way he speaks and the things that he says I just think if we get anywhere near looking like we're going to win the playoffs and even if we don't he has a plan for what the recruitment looks like if we get promoted he has a plan for what recruitment looks like if we don't And I reckon he still has a plan for what recruitment looks like if we got relegated. I bet the plan for if
1: we get promoted is a lot fewer pages
2: than the one (laughs) if we stay in the championship.
0: Mike, are we going to do it? Should we? I'm glad you said that, Andy, because, yeah, I I don't think anything should be too... Nothing can come too soon, definitely. I mean, effectively, Norwich are in playoff contention at the moment, because they're... they're, And I know it sounds ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But they they are... The guys are looking at, you know, where to draw the line. It's generally... Norwich are on the fringes so they're on the fringes it's ridiculous as you were saying John actually if you look at League 1 and League 2 they played 2 games more but generally the team at the edge of the, in 6th or 7th are on 54 points so only a 2 point difference here, they played 2 games more so I think that indicates that the championship is probably going to be a relatively high score this year to get into the top 6 and that they probably need to win 12 the last 15 games or something daft so um I just staying in the conversation for as long as possible, I think is probably a a reasonable goal at the moment because they'll be in good enough form then and I think everyone it's just been so hard to marry up the expectation this year and the reality of what they've been trying to do and that's been that's that's why everything's been so fractious for a lot of the season It's why when it was going well, everyone just went berserk and you know we had loads of people at Arsenal and it just went over the top and it's why when they've drawn um had got two goldless draws with Burton it's been sort of throwing the toys out of the pram it's just they wanted that expectation from the last parachute payment season and just hasn't married up so to be in the conversation for as long as possible would would be um, probably realistic but I, I don't want to write them off and I feel like I should I, I should have done I probably already have and forgotten but I you know it's like you just never know and they haven't got this, there's a different feel I feel there's a different feel around the place at the moment it just feels like there's no distractions. There's no cup games that are come up, going to come along. The group is much tighter now. There's the spirit is noticeably better. They're not really getting blown away. They're not. Their levels aren't dropping on the on the pitch. They're fighting. The character looks really good. They're about, coming from behind. What about tiredness levels? Because that
1: was that was something that was both reported locally in whispers and also in the national press. What, do do yeah. like earlier in the season. But yeah. do you actually think that that
0: has been an issue we certainly haven't been fading in games of late no I, I think they've been getting strong again though I think they've finished most games really strongly I've had some people tell me during the course of the season well actually I don't know if they've been worked hard enough you hear all sorts of different things mm-hmm. I think it depends on who the people are and how they feel about it certainly in the case of what came out in the independent and yeah so, that went down no, well didn't it that yeah <laughs> <laughs> it did perfect timing as <laughs> yeah. well um, so uh, I, yeah just, I just feel it's sort of meshing and, and you have know, got rid of some of the guys who weren't playing and the senior guys who maybe were Feeling that they needed to go and get football. I'm not saying it; no one caused trouble, but it's just therefore a different dynamic of the group that's left behind. So, by that, you, you, who knows what momentum can do for you? But you know, clearly, it's about a two percent chance. So, gotta be realistic at the same time.
1: Okay, so uh, with that in mind, we'll take in a realistic. Bearing in mind, we need to be realistic. Let's look at what uh, the listeners have been saying on Twitter and Facebook because they've sent in their questions this week. I hand over to Mr. Pont.
3: Well, oh, I'm reading, am I? Okay. Yeah, go on in. Right, so this is from... Face ben. the microphone while you do I'm it. i Troy and Boy, okay. but Anyway. <laughs> um, I've written it behind him. Yeah, you've boy. written it behind him. No. Andy, Andy did. Oh, it's a lovely board. Play nicely, It's a lovely on. board. Fuck it, I'll read it off my phone.
2: Oh, I just know it. It's Ben Stokes on Twitter. <laughs> it's Ben Stokes <laughs> so on first, Twitter. We've kind of touched on it already. It's like Lauren it. and Ardy, you two. It says...
3: Shut up, I'm asking the question. <laughs> right, this feels like the first derby for a while where fans aren't fretting about our run against them coming to an end. Is there a bit of overconfidence given we've only won five home league games this season?
1: No, it's, it's not overconfidence. It's it's based on on form. And I know Derby games, you know, form that goes out of the window is what they will have to say during the uh, the intro on Sky. But is it on Sky?
3: Or it just yeah. yeah so is, is it. Well, they always
1: manage to crowbar us in there. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't think it's a case of, of overconfidence. I, I think it is a reflection of, we've already touched on it in, on this pod, Earlier in the season, we, we were quicker to take a draw. Um, I'm confident that we will have more of the ball, play nicer football, um, slower th- football than I'd like, but we still play more of it. Um, and we should have enough to beat them. And I, I think we know enough about their squad, enough about our squad now, to be confident on, on that. What do you think, Michael?
0: Yeah, I think there. I, normally things like runs don't get mentioned, but I think there is a psychology behind it. I, I I think Ipswich fans who come along will will know that it's been a while. um So I think uh, there th- does feel a confidence. Like I said, before, I mean, I was much more worried before the, the game earlier in the season. I feel much happier about this one. Which again, the the fan in me has me going. Ah, should I be? You don't know what's going to happen. I would just um, add that Norwich have actually lost more games away from home than they've lost at home this season as well. They've lost six away from home and five at home. So. Norwich's home form has actually been a lot better in recent weeks, and I think the Sheffield United game was kind of an anomaly. Do you think degree. that that because away fa- because away wins are such a
1: bonus or viewed as such a bonus that that's why you maybe fit? Like I'm surprised by that. Stat, actually, I really thought we would have been slightly in the, other, the favor, and um, and yeah, I think that might be because. whenever you win away it's just oh fantastic winning on the road it almost counts more even though it's the same number of
2: points I think there's an element as well of fan expectation and fan patience as well like it's a massive generalisation but I think people who go away regularly are much more patient and much more willing to give players and teams a bit of time and a bit of leeway and I think at the start of the season in home games where we weren't immediately smashing teams for two and three I think expectation levels meant that there was quite a lot of discontent and I think that feeds onto the pitch. And I
0: don't think that's as exacerbated away from home. I think, I think away from home, you've gone a long way and you've paid a lot of money to see the team play. You want to see them put in the energy and the effort and really give it something. And then whatever happens, happens because you're away from home. Um, and that's generally what the fans will applaud when, when they see it. At home, fans turn up because they're just down the road. They want to see the lot. And it's been really hard to play at Carrow this season again because of the expectation and, and the realism of what they're doing. But that's not a um, you know justification or, or to say that the fans haven't been right to be angry at times this year. But it's just made life a little bit difficult. But as I said, I don't haven't had that feeling probably since the Brentford game. I don't know specifically why that is. I don't know if it is again maybe just the expectations being dulled a little bit. And some people will say, well, that's shit. Why are we dulling expectations? But you know, it's a reality we're not a jazz. so. Um, yeah, and I feel it's improved. So
1: I, I, I think it, I think it's realistic to expect to to expect a victory. Um, I, I don't think it's overconfident. Next one.
3: Next one. So we've got from our friends over at Talk Norwich City, and this is obviously directed at Michael because it says, "As a man who has impeccable facial hair, Thank what's you. the best and worst beard you've seen grace the Carrow Road grass?"
0: I did see this one before, and I was struggling over it a bit. And I think in terms of worst. I guess some of the younger kids who've tried to... I can't think of anyone specifically. I was very chuffed with my beard, for the record. I had never grown it before. It was a wild experiment that I now seem to be solely known for. But, um, yeah, I, I, I like my beard. I miss it
1: at times. Okay. Um, that's so a, well good, done that's to make, a good make, tangent. Make, okay. <laughs> okay. Well done for bringing it all about, about yeah. you. Yeah. Um Graben's beard was awful yeah that's uh, my worst that, that was that, that sort of uh, Egyptian pharaoh style thing that he had going on um, wasn't feeling yeah, that at it's all it's really
3: fluffy just
1: well, I, didn't like feel, I didn't feel it personally but he'd not have any beard oil on it that's right. if you're down Prince Wells Road you know two o'clock in the morning he'll let you have a feel I'm not sure if he was there but if you if you, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think about your what you're saying about the young lads um, because Nathan Redmond was he not a fan of, of like some kind of chin strap style like lines down the side of his oh, Cam definitely always had that. Yeah, Cam's Cam, looked Cam's cool. spot on. Cam's yeah, cool. No, Cam's Cam's right. everything, on. everything Cam did was cool. Um but I, I seem to remember Redmond had some some sort awful style uh, chi- cheekbone no what's this called jawline that's what I mean yeah jawline oh, well, like sideburns kind of you yeah yeah just go yeah I'm down. pretty sure oh, I remember bone. that because yeah, he, he also had a little goatee at, at times but his goatee always seemed alright it was a yeah, perfect triangle
0: I mean both Murphys have tried to sort of under the chin yeah, an and it's under the chin that's the thing I'm not entirely sure as the chin worked, starts to, to, come to come round to the yeah. front it
1: stops and that's when you and know you've got it wrong I'm not sure
0: about that and Russ's beard
1: has always yeah. been very impressive I
0: mean I think he accidentally shaved it off once which is why it went um, he didn't mean to he just clipped it and then it all went yeah so, once you make a mistake you got to go yeah. Bradley
2: Johnson went for a stage as well where he had a beard that was so good it made his top knot look good I don't believe that yeah really. no he looked like a samurai warrior he's he, excellent he, town worth away that who is the most Bradley Johnson <laughs> who
1: I love, I love that man have him back now who is the uh, most hipster footballer we've had at Car Road Bradley Johnson or Henry Lansbury
2: Henry Lansbury you think? I, both, think, both really I, think I think they're either a hipster. Really sleeve, massive beard and top knot? No, I think they're both a bit chavvy. Mm. Henry Lansbury's the best footballer we've ever had without the ball. When he had the ball, <laughs> okay. not great. When we didn't <laughs> have the ball, really good. Really? Good yeah, ball. I think that's it's a, kind of the other way around. No, he wasn't. He was really good that's off the ball. He's excellent.
3: No, Lansbury was <laughs> great. I think he's decent quality really, on the ball. Really but actually, when he's off the ball, he didn't really know what he was doing. I
1: can I have to confess. I can't remember what he was like off the ball. I mean, there was one lovely through ball against Ipswich yeah. in, in the four-one. Cool. All right then. Moving on to Liz Howlett. Uh, are we wise to applaud Ipswich fans in the sixteenth minute, or might it come back to haunt us? I haven't seen much talk about this this time around. Is this a thing still? I I presume it will be one of those things that if a few people remember, it depends on the game. Like If there's already been a goal, if there's already been yeah, yeah. a big incident and we're, th- we're not concentrating on it, um, the fact that it's quite early on means it's more likely to still be cagey and therefore it might happen. And if a few people in the Barclay start it, it will go round yeah. and they sing you know, you're still famous, you're still shit. Fucking dreadful because you're not famous. Whatever. We are a bit shit but you know, you're not famous. Um I, I don't think it's a problem because effectively even if they win 6-0 um, they're not going to get promoted so we are not going to regret it from that point of view um, and they are—it it is still an achievement even if they went up at the end of this year which they won't they've still been in the championship for 16 years which is embarrassing and pathetic
3: Job <laughs> <laughs> so done, I think kind of that's our
1: answer Yeah. me yeah. Thanks, Liz. Um, okay, so um, we've got uh, one final uh, point of business to come up, which is obviously the quiz. But before that, we want to draw your attention to the website um, and a restocking of a popular item.
3: Yes, so lots of people asked us for the Farka Foosball T-shirts and we'd sold out. So um, it was just to let everyone know that we are restocking and we are getting them back from the printers probably back end of next week, I would say. So they are back on sale now on the website com. But if you want a large, get in really quick because they're nearly all gone.
2: Excellent. Can we also, while we're in the uh, promoting things, uh, just mention the March, the fan March on mm, Sunday, yeah, which is meeting at Wetherspoons. Uh, people are going to be there from 10, but it's going to leave Weatherspoons at 11.15 to give everyone time to walk to the ground and get everyone in and the flags and stuff in in time to create a bit of atmosphere pre-game in the stadium. So go along. Just one point while we've got you here, Michael, because we've spoken about it on
1: most pods, um, atmosphere this season. What what has been particularly at home? Because obviously, you know, away it's the support are fantastic, and, and you know, um, although there doesn't seem to be a Grant Hanley song. Yeah, which which occurred to me when uh, when we were talking about Grant Hanley and singing his praises. So we need to get on that. Um, you'll never beat Grant Hanley, kind of fits, but it'd be nice to do something. To more be something more, about you know. his massive head. The the heat, they call it. Um, Don't piss him off. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want to piss him off. Carry on. Yeah, definitely don't take a picture of him when he's down the pub, as one of my friends did. That didn't go down well. Now, um, uh, Michael, what do you think about the atmosphere? I mean, like you say, because you mentioned it's been difficult to play at Cairo at times this year. Is that atmosphere related?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, Also, opposition, I think way teams have been setting up and and way Norwich are trying to do things as well. I think it all factors into it. I think it's, I think it's a, such a complicated debate because I think you've got the dynamic of the support at Carroll Road. You've got quite a, a bit in terms of the, the age of supporters, how long they've been doing it, their excitement, the, the adaptation to the style of football. I, I don't necessarily find it really dull, but I know a lot of people do. Oh yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think there's all that. So I think that hasn't generated it in itself. I think think it's really difficult when a club's been in the top flight for four of the last seven years or whatever it is now to adjust to not being quite at it in the championship and i think that plays its part too um i think it got a bit stale i think the, the renewal of the playing squad and um and that sort of stuff will help i think it's I, I don't think we can sit here and go right and and don't get me wrong i think the march is a great idea i think I think safe standing would actually affect things I think um, the the more fans take an interest and I know Neil Thompson well because I used to sit next to him in the Barclay back in the day so these guys are doing and and trying to force the issue and be proactive I think is absolutely spot on, likewise I don't think anyone can sit there and come up with a solution in the next two weeks, It's, it's going to take a year or two, it's going to be an evolution that also has to come with results on the pitch, it has to and it's not as simple as that but it's got a it's going to be a collective and um, I think that's what I, I, maybe I, I've sensed since Christmas and, you know, there's been a few things with, I thought the Middlesbrough game was quite poignant in a lot of ways and I think that just reminded everyone of why they go to the football, why they support Norwich City and the effect it has on a lot of people's lives and that sort of just took away some of the sort of entitlement and frustration that, that sometimes comes with people going to football when they've done it a long time as a routine. Um, and I think that kind of renewal might be quite useful going forward. So, yeah, I don't know if that's an answer, but that's my thoughts.
1: Um, it certainly was an answer, it was a very erudite one. Um, cool. So that all that leaves us to do is this week. We run out of time for the quiz. Don't be silly, shit. Um, don't be silly. Uh, it is this week. The theme is obviously the derby, but there's also one Champions League and one Premier League. Norwich years. Oh, um,
2: Champions League. League. Um, no, so. way. John will get. Uh, who's Barcelona's number 10 and you'll get who is it uh, it's it Messi (laughs) so you're not you're not still uh, bitter about uh, a couple of weeks ago I'm not bitter I'm justifiably angry should we go over the scores mate
3: Okay.
1: how are we getting on on, on the the league table
3: John Um, Andy's on 2 the guests are on 2 I'm running away with it on 5
2: Cool, okay then. So. <laughs> Nothing to do with the questions though. <laughs> okay. F- purely is
1: knowledge. Carry okay. on. Okay. <laughs> the format of the quiz, as always, I you will have one minute to answer six questions. If you get one wrong, I will move on. If you can, you can pass, because the time will come into it, um, I'll keep coming back to the ones you've got wrong until we've either got all the questions or my lovely assistant who says time. Michael. I'm going first, am I? Yes, the guess always go first. The greatest um, score is still Quiz Gorham on five out of six. That's that's the five bar, but two or three will sometimes win it for you. Your time, Michael, starts now. Which Welshman came on as sub for Norwich in the 5-1 demolition of the Scum in 2011? Sam Vokes. Correct. Who scored a penalty for the Canaries the last time Ipswich beat Norwich?
0: Jonathan Johansson?
1: Incorrect. Who was the last player to be sent off in a derby? Christoph Berra. Correct. Who followed Tony Mowbray as manager for the filth? Pass. Who will Sevilla face in the last 16 of the Champions League? Ah! Um, Real. Incorrect. Who wore the number six shirt in the Premier League after Darren Huckabee for Norwich? Pass. Okay, who scored a penalty for the Canaries the last time it switched beat Norwich? Um, Luke Chadwick? Incorrect. Who followed Tony Mowbray as manager for the Phil? Will Incorrect. Who will severe face? Oh, okay, so um anyone know the penalty P- for the Canaries questions. the last Such time? Mooney. Mooney. It was Sammy Klingen. Uh, it could have been yeah, you. Yeah. It could have been you. Yeah. Um, Tony Mowbray was followed by Joe Royal. Um, Sevilla will play Manchester United in the last sixteen, and Zach Whitbread inherited the Premier League number oh, six shirt. Okay, it was quite out. a gap between the two. They on. are okay. some of the hardest
3: questions be, we've given against. So
0: yeah, so you're talking about the next Premier League season.
1: Yeah. So uh, you got two, which, as, I, as we always say, sometimes will we'll be a run away. Based on those,
3: mate, I think you've got a really good chance. Okay. So,
1: <laughs> Lorne uh, you are next, and your time starts now. Who opened the scoring in the 5-1 demolition of the Scum in 2011? Uh, Hulahan. Incorrect. Who um, who opened the scoring for the Canaries the last time Ipswich beat Norwich? Evans. Incorrect. Who followed Roy Keane as permanent manager of the Filth? Uh... Joe. Incorrect. <laughs> 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 Who is the last canary to be sent off in a derby? That's a good question. That's a good question.
2: Thanks. Uh go on,
1: Incorrect. Who will Brian Munich face in the last 16 of the Champions League?
2: <laughs> uh,
1: Chelsea. Incorrect. Who is the only player to have won number 37 in the Premier League for Norwich City?
2: <laughs> um Daddy Pacheco.
1: Incorrect. Who opened the scoring in the 5 1 demolition David of the Mooney. scum? I don't know. Who opened the scoring for the Canaries the last time? David it was Mooney. You... Yes! Time! Time. We- we- time! No! That's time. Fine. Yes, time it was Andrew Sermon, <laughs> wasn't whatever. it? It was Andrew, it Sermon. Was
3: Andrew Sermon. <laughs>
1: Sermon. David Mooney you got. Paul Jewell followed Roy Keane. Yeah. Oh uh, well, no, last yeah, Canary off. to be sent off.
3: No. Give us a year. Uh
1: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't write it down the year. Um, it wasn't that long ago. It's Darren Huckabee Got sent yeah, off in the ninetieth minute, yeah. didn't he? Over the top of the ball. Yeah. Um, um, Brian Munich will face Bashiktas. And number thirty-seven, Harry Kane.
2: Did
1: <laughs> he? <laughs> oh, of course. I did, I, I did try and give you three or four that I thought you'd get, because you, you like Sermon, you, you quite often get should've, Sermon. I should have got Sermon, mm. I can
2: see the goal in my head now. And also
1: I thought Hux was I thought Hux was more in people's memory than, than that. No, because it was that the red card, because he, he posts the picture on yeah, social media every yeah. time... I don't remember how you've even said it. Okay, well I won't, we won't, he's due to be a guest soon, so we won't bring that up. What well, <laughs> I
2: will say is, compared to Michael's, they were fair questions this week, so you've done... Oh, You've done can't. better. Well, I will take your
1: patronising tone as a compliment. Thank you very, <laughs> very, very and much. I
2: deliberately said that before we get John's Sesame Street question. So <laughs> Have you got catch him up my <laughs> level? What is the Where first are, letter in Norwich City? <laughs>
1: right then, John. So you <laughs> need two now. to draw and go to a tie break.
3: Have you uh, got a tie break? Yeah, of course. Oh.
1: And ready, your time starts now. <laughs> Who <laughs> wore the number seven for City in the five-one demolition of the Scum in two thousand eleven? Crofts. Correct. Who played right-back the last time Ipswich beat Norwich?
3: For who? Norwich? Mm. No, pass.
1: Who was scum manager before George Burley? Brian Houghton. Incorrect. Who was sent off in the 4-1 win at Carrow Road in 2010 for the scum? What's
3: his name? No, pass. Which Manchester United
1: Englishman has scored three goals in the Champions League this year? Ashley Young. Incorrect. Who was the first player to wear number nine for Norwich City in the Premier League? Two,
3: three, Mark
1: Robin. Incorrect. Who played right back the last time Ipswich beat Norwich? Darren Kennan. Incorrect. Who was scum manager before George Burley?
3: No idea that pass. Who was Sean? Of oh. okay. oh. Cool, they
2: were It was Russ oh. right back.
3: No. No, no, no. It's no time. Is it David
2: Wright?
1: On loan? Uh, no. Yeah, that would no, have been a good
3: shape. Sure. He's playing for both teams as well.
1: Very, very fast. Liverpudlian. Oh, what's John, ball? John what's ball? Correct. Johnny, oh. Johnny, Johnny. Uh, you could have had John Lyle or Paul Goddard. I would have accepted either the, or, oh, <laughs> not that. the temporary or the full time one. Um, Damien Delaney was sent off. In, I knew it the began school. with D, but I couldn't. Um, Marcus Rashford has got three goals for Manchester United. Um, and number nine in the Premier League. First Premier League season. I thought it was. Going there, was. So I said Robbins.
3: No. Sutts. No. They didn't have squad numbers any in Crook Lee Power. Gary Megson. Gary Megson.
0: What yeah. was he doing? There the was no squad
3: numbers then, so you're talking about first game.
1: Yeah, that's what. It, that's yeah. that's what it was based on. That's a good question. I didn't write that one thank you um,
3: <laughs> so
1: I'm relieved because I didn't have a tiebreaker but it means
2: Michael with, with the towering <laughs> with, 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 no,
1: with the towering score of two which we always say yeah, some weeks that will win it for you like a um, I don't win. think anyone's ever won with one but I think we have had a couple of wins with two um, but thank you very much for listening please subscribe and tell your friends about us rate us on iTunes and remember to check out the articles on Norwich.com. there'll be a review of the game on um, for Sunday which will be online on Monday for unless we lose
3: and then we might not feel like it
1: we might just shut the site down <laughs> and, and stop paying the hosting bills but that's all for us for now so signing off for Lorny good evening John see and uh, Michael pleasure thank you very much and for me come on Norwich smash these these are shit Say say